This one comes uh, from my wife. Uh, do you ever feel self-conscious when your balls are in somebody's face? <laughs> I think everybody's wife really feels the same question in their heart. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the pod. My name's Kenny. I'm here with my co-host, Matt. What's going on, brother? What up, man? Uh, not much. We, uh, we're we here with a special guest today. We got Mr. Brandon McCatherine, 10th Planet Black Belt under Eddie Bravo and uh, founder of PGF. What's going on, my man? Possibly the most popular 10th Planet guy going right now. Yeah. Hey, besides Eddie. maybe. Besides, besides Eddie, that. obviously. But I mean... <laughs> All the like the boogeyman and Geo, they're all kind of like, where are those guys? <laughs> Man, I don't listen. Those guys, are, where'd they go? I would never say anything disparaging about those boys. No, no. no definitely not. But like, <laughs> hey, man, they were like ten years ago. Those guys were all over the place. Yeah, you know, yeah. just BMAC. I think they're just hardcore coaching now, right? I mean, they're still yeah, competing they're as well. Co- Boogie still compete. I mean, they're both still like available to compete, but you know, Boogie's. I mean, he's, oh, I don't know, 36, mm. 37, something like that. Maybe older than that. My father time. So, yeah, and then Gio, he's been in the game so long, man. Those guys have done, like, some pretty incredible things. I think they're more focused on coaching and trying to build up, like, right. their guys coming up behind them now. Yeah. They, yeah. I, the 10th Planet Oceanside Gym is phenomenal. They've got a massive gym there, so they're just doing work. And so many good competitors come out of that gym, yeah. out of that circle from geo and boogie those guys are it's crazy because they're so good as coaches but they were like really quick to black belt but they were really quick into like helping people get good fast so yeah. they're they're some of the best i've ever seen at taking a guy from zero training to like this guy can compete at a you know in like advanced brackets like they can get people there like keith then, keith Krikor. yeah Example, yeah. I remember him. Uh, I remember, I think I saw him in an EBI when he was like maybe a high blue or low purple or something like that. I was like, damn, competing on yeah. that level already. It's, it's crazy when the younger guys, the younger guys, that's what I'm saying. Like a blue belt, an adult blue belt is a dangerous person because they've been training since they were like five. Yeah. So when you see these older dudes, you're like, I'm going to jump in the adult vision, and you've only been training two years, you're going to get your ass smoked. Yeah, dude. The, the belts just almost, especially in nogi, the belts just almost don't mean anything anymore. Right, like, especially like the ADCC you almost got to throw it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the wrestling background helps so much, and like the level of wrestling and the amount of wrestlers that are coming in to jujitsu now is higher. There's more people doing it, and the people that are doing it are doing it at a higher quality and in a way that's customized to the jujitsu rule set. So. I'm actually like hopeful for the future of the stand up in jujitsu. Right. I think it's I think it's trending in the right way. I, I got a quick question, kind of to backtrack real quick on the um the boogie geo thing. So uh, I think a lot of times you hear like Rogan talk about them in the past uh, in old podcasts. He says like, oh, you know, they were break dancers and they just adapted to jujitsu really well. Do you think it's that it's that, or do you think that they just understand Eddie's? flavor of jujitsu in a way that maybe most people like they just took to it really well you know like maybe they, their brains I think it's just both of those things. Yeah. yeah i think it's both of those things first and foremost geo and boogie are really special people and they're really special athletes like they're super dedicated human beings like whatever they put their mind on they intend to go and hit it with like 
full stride and they expect success from themselves. And that's a special kind of person in the first place. Right. But they're special athletes as well. And they vibe with Eddie and they were, they were bought in from day one. I mean, but I mean, it's true. They, they had no background, just straight breakdance. And that did give them a, a lot of like proprioception advantage. Like they understand where their body is in space. A lot of the, a lot of the hard part of starting jujitsu is, like developing the mobility to be able to get your body to do what you want it to do. But they were experts in that on day one. You see that a lot with like gymnasts too. Gymnasts have a great, they're, they're great at jujitsu early. So, but they were phenomenal just right off the bat. There's some um, like world renowned wrestling coach. I can't remember what interview I was watching, but he was talking about how he'll have parents approach him with like their five-year-olds and like, we want you to teach our kid how to wrestle. And he's like, is your kid now to control his own body first? Like how do you expect him to learn how to control somebody else's body when he can't control his own body? And like, I suggest you put them in gymnastics for a year or two before you try to throw them in wrestling or something like that. But uh, listen, I think that's a great base. Some of the best um, athletes that we've ever had come through have had a gymnastics base for sure. So PGF, you are the founder, correct? That's true. That's so true. you're the one to start the whole thing off. You're like, Eddie's oh, slapping people. I'm going to change it up and just make jujitsu more exciting, which is a cool concept. The points, the speed, the time limit. Um, you've heard the interview with Zoltan. What did we not touch on that you want to touch on? The um, Tell everybody about this great uh, event coming up April 21st. Well, I think the main thing for me is that like every jujitsu promotion is a a different variation of the same thing. It's the one night event. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we got a, this is a 16 man bracket. Well, this is an eight man bracket, or this is a quintet team tournament, but it's all the same basic idea, which is we have a one night event. We're going to build up storyline as much as we can. And then we're going to tell the story over four rounds of tournament. And then we're going to go home and the story's over. Right. Right. And I think the most important thing that you can have in sports is storyline. Like there's a, there's a, a reason to come back and stay invested in people who might not win the championship. And so we have a great model in real sports of how to do that, but just nobody has tried to lay jujitsu over that model. So the NBA, that model, we know that model works. The NFL, we know that model works like the sports league, the season, Mm. That model works. It brings people in. It offers preseason, regular season, postseason, draft, fantasy. And so what I wanted to do was just try to take jujitsu and stretch it across a season model. And so that's really the idea behind the PGF is how do we take jujitsu and turn it into a season of sports so that people can have storyline and you can have a chance to fall in love with some of these athletes that are definitely not going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, I'm a huge NBA fan. I'm a Chicago bulls man since I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? Same. Let's go. Let's go all day. Love the bulls. I can tell you everything you need to know about Alex Caruso, Zach Levin. You know what I mean? Like not a championship team. My guys, but there's (laughs) no chance the bulls are going to win the title this year. They're probably not even going to make the playoffs. We're going to be fighting to hit that number eight spot. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's still my squad and I still don't miss a game because the story you fall in love with the characters and how they develop, not just over this season, but over their career. 
And the PGF offers an opportunity to do that with jujitsu athletes. And you think MMA has done that with like, you look at Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, he had his shots, but like he just never could get there. But he's one of the most fan favorite, biggest names in MMA. And he has no UFC titles. Yeah. Because, because the UFC built his story. You learned about him. You learned his backstory about his grandma. And you learned all this cool stuff. How He's kind of a wild man. And it kind of built a character, which is him. But like the, the MMA it was able to do that. So that's kind of what you're trying to do. Trying to like get to know these guys better. Yeah. And the UFC is the perfect model for that because their season is year round. Right. You know. So basically the UFC does the same thing, but it's a year round season. Right. Um, Whereas the NFL, NBA basketball season comes around and football season comes around, hockey season comes around. And how long is the PGF season? So the first year we really tried to do it exactly like that. And we ran it every Friday night for 13 weeks. Oh wow! That was season one. And um, because of that, we, we just used like local athletes. It was all regional guys, you know, just mm-hmm. people that were like, yeah, that sounds crazy. I'll try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, in season two, we condensed the whole thing down into a week and we've stayed with that model since season two. And then this is season six coming up in April. Cool. Are you going to do content outside of the actual um, event nights with like, you know, uh, athlete bios or anything like that? Oh yeah, for sure. And we have a combine and a draft that happens on Sunday. So they have a, like an actual draft, which is to me is like one of the most fun parts. Yeah. And we do an auction really draft. About that. Yeah, dude, it's the most fun. The auction draft, like the athlete comes up and the four coaches bid to try to get the guy on their team. And it's, it's one of the coolest parts. So we have a uh, like drama built into the story before the first match even happens. Yeah. Well, you got AJ, so you definitely got some, some heat coming. You know what I like about AJ though? It's like, he's a PG 13 kind of heel. Like you don't actually have to worry about him. Yeah. He's not going to have to worry about him getting out of control. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's a, he's a true pro wrestling heel. It is. He he's is. not going to go full Dylan Danis on you. No. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't want that at all. That is just not my style. Like getting personal and like actually trying to like, hurt people's feelings. So I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter myself. So I want guys, you can't throw hands. Like if, like if you could throw hands, then you can get really yeah. personal or fine. Yeah. You know? But like, we can't just, I can't just talk about your kids and then we just grapple. Right. Yeah. I don't right. think that's cool. No. I, I just don't think that that's cool anyway. Like at the end of the day, I really feel like we're all on the same team. Like, yes, we're going to be on separate teams and we're going to have, uh, opposition, we even have tension, you know, but what I don't want is people like, I don't want a bus going, a dolly going through a bus window. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Yeah. Zoltan said that, um, at, after the season he was involved in, like people walked away even on opposing teams, like friends and stuff like now, you know, we've oh, got yeah, some sure. That's just the sport. That's just the sport in general. You're going to, you roll with somebody one time in a tournament. Next thing you know, you're following each other on social media and you're like boys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's just jujitsu. Jujitsu is cool. Like you get, after you get into a scrap with somebody, you know, a lot about them, even if you don't know each other, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I know if you wilted or not, or I don't know if you really survived that and dug deep, like you can know a lot about a person just this guy's a brown belt. Well, I know he can stay with something for six or eight years. You know what I mean? Like that's a certain kind of person. Yeah. 
Um, so when it comes to um, some of the athletes that have been announced, uh, can we uh, shed some light on some of the guys that have been announced? So, so yeah, people for sure. Seen it? So we've been kind of like dripping the athletes out. Let me see. I don't want to accidentally. When is this going to air? This will be two not weeks. this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Following, not this Tuesday. Oh, so a week from Tuesday. Yes. Okay, so we'll probably have a lot of these guys out by then. But uh, we, we talked about AJ. So AJ Agazarm, ADCC silver medalist, IBJJF world champion, um, fun, D1 wrestler. I think he wrestled at Ohio State. I could be wrong on that. It might not have been Ohio That's State, a high bid. He's going to be a high bid. Yeah, yeah he's going to go up high. Um, we've also released Kiwan Gracie. Yeah. It's coming out. Um, Elijah Carlton, who's won the PGF twice. So he's, you know, I told you we've been doing just regional for the first five seasons and he's from Atlanta and he's been just incredible. And he loves, he's really good at the PGF game. You know, you got to play tw 12 times during the regular season, you got 12 matches. He knows how to score points. He knows when he has to have them. He's very, very good at the game of the PGF. So he's not going to be of the same, um, I guess, prestige and accolades that some of the athletes coming in are, but he's going to be very experienced in this rule set. Mm. And so I think that's going to be a, a big factor. So I think he'll actually be a steal in the fantasy league for those of you that are going to play the fantasy. Is there an app um, for that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got a, our own, like, um, we've been doing it with this thing called Fantasizer, which is just like um, a little company that does little fantasy games and stuff. But I'm hoping that I'm, I'm hoping and working hard that we can get to DraftKings, that we can get this thing in there. And I think that, that would, that would be a monster for us. So if you, uh, if you know anybody at DraftKings, we'll, send them <laughs> we'll tag them. Yeah. Tag them up. Tag them up. <laughs> we'll tag them. Yeah. I give Fan them a lot of money already. I give them, you know, I'm like Kobe <laughs> White over three, three pointers. I, I be throwing that out there all the time. Let's go. Kobe. Just you killing know, it dude. From, from the logo. Kobe will He's had a dude. He's got to be um, most improved player this year. Oh, no doubt for sure. He's got to win that. We don't want to get off talking about the Bulls, but I feel like a, <laughs> feel like a strong <laughs> kinship with you right now, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm diehard Bulls, man. I'm <laughs> all of from from ground up, you know. So, uh, we freaking Kenny what are we talking here. about? Jujitsu? Yeah, Kenny's, <laughs> over, Kenny's over here with the Zach Alphanask. It's like the numbers in his face, like they're talking basketball, what's going on. Uh, um, so some cool fighters. You also have a um, seminar coming up here locally in our town, Marietta, Temecula area. Yeah. I'm over at 10th planet Marietta with my boy, Drew. Yeah. I'm going to go over there and uh, that'll be Saturday, the 24th. So if so. you guys look at, you got, you know, 10th point, 10th planet royalty, giving a little seminar you don't want to miss that. Some, no, some nogi stuff. Um, and I've heard this now, if I'm wrong, I've heard on your, um, when no one's looking and you're trying to be a little, uh, dangerous, you put the gi on. Dude, don't put that evil on me hey. right now. <laughs> hey. I, I've heard, I, <laughs> I like training in the gi. I think it's fun. I just, I've never ranked through the gi. I've never really been like, uh, had a place where I actually like learned a lot of gi stuff, but I think it's fun for yeah. sure. I saw an interview. You said you think that the gi isn't going nowhere. Obviously not. If no. you've looked at local tournaments, there are so many gi competitors. 
Um, but you think at a professional level, like for yeah. making money, no gi is probably going to outdo the gi just because people don't understand the grips and the brakes and stuff. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's going to get separated into, and I don't even mean this in a disparaging way, but like, I think it's going to be like amateur and pro, you know what I mean? Or college and mm-hmm. pro, whatever. I think the gi will end up being more like the the amateur version and no gi will end up being the pro version. Uh, and I'm not even saying that to say the gi is less fun. It might be, it might be more fun, but it's less fun to watch for sure. To watch, it definitely has its, because if you don't train, it's hard for the yeah. un- person who's never trained to understand what's going on. I can't agree with that. Like I'm a pro gi guy personally, but even I can say, yeah, I've, it's definitely funner watching crazy scrambles and entanglements yeah, that sure. way, you know? So for sure. For sure. I think you know, if, you, if you come from like a, another grappling um, uh, sport, like wrestling or Sambo or something like that, or maybe not Sambo, but wrestling, it, even if you have a passion for grappling and you're watching it in the gi, it, it may it just doesn't translate. Cause it's just not something you're familiar with, but no gi is pairs so well with that world that it just, yeah. As far as like wrestling to no gi, I mean, they're really, they really are just married. So I think, I think you're right about that. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect when you start, you, you bring too many new elements to the stage. Not yeah. only, all right, I wrestled my whole life. Well, not only now can I also submit, but I also have this like invincible set of pajamas that I have to learn to work my way around. Yeah. And from the, from the rules of PGF and you being a 10th Pentagon, you guys love leg attacks. That's kind of like the, you know, the form formula for 10th planet, like tack for legs. You made the rule set where it's less points for leg attacks. Now, do you have some of your guys coming at you with pitch poor forks for, <laughs> for like saying, <laughs> no. hey, leg attacks are not as much points as attacking the neck? Well, it's not just leg attacks, any joint lock. And so here's the distinction that we make. So in the PGF, the matches are six minutes long. They're very fast paced. We have a very aggressive, like stalling um, penalty. Like we're going to throw a flag on the play. You know what I'm saying? And stop it. So it's very fast paced, but we don't want people um, really like sitting to guard and getting after it that way. We want to see them. I don't want to see double butt scooting leg spaghetti as like your primary thing that you do. But really the reason that we separated it is because it's six points for a kill, which is any choke. And three points for a break, which is any joint lock. So an arm lock scores the same as a heel hook. Okay. Um, a rear naked choke scores the same as a guillotine. Okay. Gotcha. So we go six points for the kill, three points for the break. Because if I don't let go of this choke, you're dead. And if I let go, if I don't let go of this arm lock, we might have to go to the hospital. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a big separation and and how much those should be worth six points for a touchdown, three points for a field goal. Okay. I like that analogy for sure. Um, is there overtime in season? No, if it goes to a draw, it's zero. Both, both guys get zero towards the playoff. Okay. And if you, any submission, whether it's a kill or a break that you land in under a minute gets an extra point. Okay. Okay. So you're going to go for a week straight by Wednesday or Thursday. You're going to know who's in the final. Yes. By the points Thursday. collected. Yes. Okay. The top eight will get seated out into a bracket in, um, on Friday night. So the, the team that gets drafted and collects the most points together. So the five players that 
that score the most points for their team, that team's going to split $100,000. But the top eight players from any team that score the most points get seated into an eight-man bracket on Friday night, and the winner of that bracket gets another $20,000. Oh, wow. Okay. So then so the whole potential, team If you're on the winning away. team and you win the bracket, you'll make 40000 Jeff six. That's pretty good for a week's work. Though. Pretty cool. Yeah. For one week's worth of work. That's pretty. Right. So um, where can people watch PGF? It's going to be free to watch. That's another really important element of this for me is that the NFL is on broadcast television. It's not hiding behind a paywall. Right. Like if you want to see every possible game, of course, you're going to need NBA league pass. Right. right. But if you want to just sit down and watch football on Sunday, it's NBC, CBS, Fox, whoever it's going to be that week, you know, Amazon Prime. They, they do have a games behind that paywall now. But you can watch football for free anytime you want. You can watch college football on Saturdays. Yes. You can watch basketball on TNT. And to me, that's super important if we want to, like, let these athletes be seen and actually, like, lift their career. I don't want them to have to hide behind a paywall. So we're going through different structures uh, to build the revenue and – we will have the Friday playoff will be behind a paywall. Uh, I'll tell you guys off air where it's going to be. I can't really announce okay. that part yet, but it, it's pretty exciting. Cool, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, Monday, Sunday, combine and draft free to watch on YouTube Monday through Thursday, the entire regular season is going to be free to watch on YouTube. So you'll get to see the conclusion of the hundred thousand dollar tournament on Thursday. But if you want to see, who becomes the actual PGF champion, then we're going to do that on Friday night, and that will be behind uh, a subscription. Cool. Service. Very cool. It, can you tell us what time the Friday night? Th I'm thinking we may possibly try to do some sort of a uh, like a fight companion type thing. Obviously not broadcast. Oh, dude, you should fight. definitely do it. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, you should definitely do that. We're going to be in Vegas all week, and I think our start time is going to be around 4 o'clock each afternoon. Okay. Okay. That's what it was last year, Central Time, 4 o'clock out here. But we're going to be in Vegas, and I think we're going to be 4 o'clock Vegas time as our start. I'll take that Friday off then. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, so we got some questions that people come in, uh, comment in, and uh, we ask, hey, send us questions. Anything goes. So um, someone sent us about the kid who punched, uh, or the dad who punched the kid in a wrestling tournament. Okay, I saw and then that. we've then we saw what was that guy from whatever his name is the the company got all mad about the guy saying oh uh, Sean Whalen Sean Whalen from uh, lions not sheep lions not sheep or yeah the, he was like oh you've never been to war you don't understand he was in the heat of the moment and this that and this I'm like wow. he must be friends so hell <laughs> so when he, so when you have when you see a because you being a professor and a, an instructor of your school you've probably experienced over parents like always trying to coach from the sidelines or being like way too involved. Like how do yeah. you handle that? Um, well, we don't really have too many problems with it, to be honest with you here at, at our place. I, but if we ever do, and there has been times in the past when I've had to talk to a parent off to the side, I'll just wait until after class and I'll pull them off to the side and be like, Hey, listen, I got to let my coaches coach. I'm super happy to have you here, but I need you to just keep it quiet on the sidelines while coaches, if you've got some instructions for your child after, let's do that after. Good good chance for you to spend time with them talking about their interest anyway. Trust me, 
your kid will appreciate it. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same way. It's kind of like, you know, if you're not training, you don't know what it's like. You know what I mean? Like, so like, it's not easy to stand up or just move. And when you see a parent just hyper targeting their kid and like, you're like, dude, like to me, I think it's kind of a, you know, they don't know what the parent doesn't know is actually hurting them because their kid is going to be um, afraid to try something new. Yeah. He's going to be afraid to go for a certain move or afraid to uh, go for that arm because he doesn't want to give a position and lose in front of his dad or something like that. You know what I mean? So when you, when you have fear in your kid and you, they're not afraid to explore their game, they're going to shell up and they're not going to evolve. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, what do you got? Anything else, Kenny? Let me get to the questions here. Good, good question. Yeah, let me see. Um, dead air, dead air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you, um, this one comes uh, from my wife. Uh, do you ever feel self-conscious when your balls are in somebody's face? That's my, that's my wife. Well, I think my wife said the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody's wife really feels the same question in their heart. <laughs> I don't think about it. You know, I'm trying not to go north south if I don't have to, but you know, it's there and I'm pinching my <laughs> knees. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel self conscious. It just is what it is, dog. You shouldn't be in this spot if you don't want some balls in your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You better have a better guard. Like, we, you shouldn't have let me pass. Yeah. I've been leaning into the, uh, when, pe- when people make the, the, there's a lot of memes right now about jujitsu being gay, and I just lean into it. I'm just like, hey, hey, my wife knows what I'm doing, and she's not weirded <laughs> out by it. I'm not weirded out by it. Uh, let me see what we got here. What helped you during your beginning days? Um, this guy says, I feel like I'm not uh, developing fast enough. I compete four to five days a week. And um, the studying just doesn't seem to be pays, paying off. This is cozy.ceo. And he's a white belt. He's a white belt. He says he's training four to five days a week. He's not developing fast as he would like. And he needs to know what the issue is. Um, he, I would say... He probably should relax. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like he's like got all these big goals set for himself and he doesn't even know if they're realistic or unrealistic because he's not experienced enough to to really even have an idea of how to set a goal in, in this sport. So I think in the beginning, white belt's really just about learning to survive for the most part, you know, like learning to survive, learning to escape learning the different names of the positions or learning to learn to what's that learning to learn learning how to learn jujitsu oh yeah dude i feel like i didn't really learn how to learn until i was already a black belt yeah i said that before and people came at me with pitchforks like i was like you really don't start to learn jujitsu until you get the black belt and i was like and i hope everybody gets there but that's listening to this but it's true because the the skill get gap between me and my professor who's been a black belt as long as I've been training. Like, I don't know anything compared to him. And yeah. so it's like, like, I feel like I'm just starting to learn. I'm just learning how to teach. I'm just learning how to teach to multiple people rather than to show someone something after class. Like there's a lot of things that like you learn when you first get the black belt. And I think this kid, um, yeah, he, again, he's just, 
going too fast. Like you said, he wants to get, he wants to be Gordon Ryan already. It's like, hey, chill out, man. Give yourself a game. Say, hey, today I'm only tapping five times. Like, give yourself little games in, through the week. That's what I used to do. Like, I'm not going to get armbarred this week. That's my goal. I may That's lose. That's the kind of stuff I still do. That's yes. still how I, I practice. I just come in. Kind of my feeling on it is, look, I'm just playing pickup basketball, basically. Like, I'm not trying to take this thing too seriously, like, for my own game. Like, I, I want to be really good. I really love jujitsu, but I really love doing jujitsu and being around jujitsu. Like, I'm not trying to be the world champion. There's so much for me to learn. I just sort of feel like whatever it is that piques my interest at the time, that's what I'm going to work on. And I've always kind of done it that way. Because if if I'm interested in it, then I'm going to come in and do good work. I'm going to outwork my peers because I'm not stressing about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm just coming in and putting, like, I got to learn leg locks, mount. I got to learn all these principles. I got to learn every position, every submission, and I suck at all of them. Why not just pick, I got to learn them all. Why not just pick the one that interests me the most and go with that, just go deep down the rabbit hole on that until I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And when the wind blows me the next way, I'll move on and I'll start working on that. But if I do what I'm interested in, I'm always on fire to learn. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so if you stack that up four or five days a week for 10 years or even two years, you're going to be ahead of your peers. I think not behind them. And even if they've got this strict training regimen and they've got to get this in, I think just following what you're excited about for me, at least I can get, I can outwork my peers like this because I'm happy to be there. I'll do the extra work that I wouldn't have done if I had to, like if it was something that I had to get done, you know? So because it's not me, work. Just follow your views, you know? Yeah. I think I saw, I was doing a deep dive on your YouTube and I saw a video. You said you saw a video, something that really changed your game is you saw Eddie Bravo lose in class or he yeah. was rolling with a guy. And you said that really gave you perspective. Um, would you like to dwell on that story a little bit? I thought it was a pretty, pretty cool story. Yeah. So, you know, Eddie was really one of the first guys that had all his um, rolling and his classes up on a subscription where you could just watch them. And I remember I was a purple belt. I'm pretty sure when this happened. Um, and man, that purple belt, I just put all this crazy pressure on myself to try to be like, I don't know. It just felt like a lot of pressure. You know what I'm saying? I was the only 10th planet purple belt in the whole Southeastern U S. So I felt like I was carrying the whole thing on my shoulders for, you know, for my people. <laughs> and, uh, which wasn't true of course, but it felt that way. And so, I mean, I'm trying to win every training round dominantly and I'm trying to win every position. And if I lose a position in training, I'm just sick at myself over it. You know what I mean? And so, um, I was, in that context, I was sitting at home and I was watching Eddie's uh, website and I was watching him roll and gets to the end of the, the roll or the end of the video and he's rolling and he gets tapped. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. And then later in the round, he gets tapped again. And then the video just ends. There's no big acknowledgement of, Oh, I can't believe I got got or, 
wow, big props to this guy always gives me, it was just like normal. And I was like, oh man, this is not just video that somebody caught of Eddie rolling and he got tapped. This is on Eddie's website. He filmed this. He pre-approved it. It was okay for to go out to all of his students. And it was just like a non, it wasn't even like no big deal. It was not no deal at all. Like it didn't matter at all. And I just found a lot of, um, that gave me a lot of freedom to go, oh, wait a minute. I need to relax a little bit. This is not, this is not life and death, you know? And when you see somebody, you're like, wow, he's just like everybody else. It's okay to lose. It's okay to try new things. It's almost like that story I said a couple of seconds ago where the kid is afraid to go for certain stuff because he's afraid that his dad's going to get mad at him. So he, his freedom to, to roll, to train his, um, you know, really like, uh, hampered at the moment because he's afraid to lose you were kind of in that situation where you're like i'm a, I, i'm carrying all this weight uh, as this purple belt this high rank guy in the south i don't want to earn midwest i don't want to lose but then when you saw eddie lose you're like okay i can be free it's okay yeah yeah not just saw him lose like i'd seen him lose matches before um but just the idea that he put this video out of him getting tapped in training like to me, that was the powerful part. It wasn't like somebody caught it and just, oh, check this out. This guy tapped Eddie or whatever. It was no, Eddie could have stopped everybody from seeing that if he wanted to. Right. Because it was his video, it was his website. But it just was not even, it was just a, such a non factor that he didn't really think about it. And that was like a really powerful insight for me into not just who Eddie is actually, but like how I should be approaching jujitsu if I actually want to get better. Mm. I can see that hundred percent. Do you think um, being such a, a figure on social media, YouTube, that there's a little bit on, obviously there is a little bit more of a target on your back when you are rolling. Do you get people are watching more? Does that add to anything? How do you handle that? When you know, these uh, guys are like, Oh, I've already rolled four times. Now look at this big dude wants some action. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It definitely, when I'm traveling, I definitely feel that because um, people do try to come at me and stuff. <laughs> Not everybody, but a lot of people do, especially like if I'm going to roll at the end of a seminar uh, and I'm 44 years old, that's the real pressure I feel is like, oh man, I'm, I'm as good once as I ever was, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm not as good as I once was, you know what I'm <laughs> Yeah, saying? I hear you. <laughs> So that's the pressure I feel. It's more like self-imposed because I can't necessarily keep up athletically in the way that I used to. But yeah, people definitely try to come at me. In the gym, I mean, everybody always comes at you. You know, they all want the crown. <laughs> what is the, this comes from um, TKD Penguin, Taekwondo Penguin. Okay. Uh, okay. What is the biggest growth you've learned from becoming a black belt? Oh man, that'd be hard. That'd be hard to answer. I guess for me, it, it wasn't, um, it's not necessarily being a black belt, but it happened at black belt, I guess. Um, so I had a, a car wreck when I was a brown belt and I broke my neck and I ended up having to get a plate in my neck right here. Right. And up to that point, 
um, I was very much like a, a grinder. I'm tough. I'm hard to choke. Um, all of these things you tell yourself, you know, mm -hmm. about what kind of jujitsu you have. And, um, when I had the neck surgery, I, I had to make a decision. Like, did I want to be not what I once was, or did I want to use this as an opportunity to become something different? You know what I'm saying? And so after that neck surgery, I couldn't be, especially for the first probably two years, I couldn't be that hard nose, dig my head in kind of player that I always had been. And so I had to learn to do jujitsu in a completely new way to where rather than constantly winning these head to heads that I would just move around the head to head pressure. And mm -hmm. so I had to really start understanding jujitsu from a different way that it's like a receiving and a turning back of energy rather than a meeting of energies, if that makes sense. And so that happened, that process started for me at the end of my brown belt and at my black belt. But another thing about getting my black belt was like, I felt like a total release of pressure. So I know a lot of people, I'll hear them say that when they got their black belt, they felt like that was a lot of pressure. But for me, I felt like it was Eddie signing off on, hey man, you did everything that I asked you to do. You're free to go fly little bird like go be yourself and so to me it felt like a relief of pressure like oh i did it like eddie really believes in me now and i kind of felt like i was free to explore and find a new way to do jujitsu that made sense for me so the injury and like the realization that i uh i couldn't keep doing jujitsu that way if I wanted to keep, if I wanted to continue doing jujitsu into my fifties and sixties, I couldn't, that was not the way that that was going to work. I was going to have to retire, you know? Right. Uh, so that realization plus like the freedom that I got right, not long after that, when I got my black belt to like go and kind of explore and make jujitsu my own personal experience, you know, um, I would say that that combination is the biggest the biggest thing that changed my jujitsu and like opened my mind up to new ways as a black belt. I think the better your professor is, obviously Eddie is a legend and yeah. like same with me. I come with a guy who's got multiple world championships and very decorated in the sport of jujitsu. I feel like the better your professor is when you do get that black belt, it's more, it's like you said, it's more freedom because the guy who's signing off on you, is that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like he's that guy. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you're getting a black belt from Jim, you know, from the YMCA, you're like, am I like, you know, but like if a guy who's got all the credentials and the legacy and this, and he's already paved his way and he gives you a black belt, that's the ultimate dawn is like, yeah, man, like, like if he thinks I am, then I am. Yeah, it doesn't even matter if I think I am. Yeah, like, exactly. I need to learn better because apparently I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got anything? Um, did you do any martial arts before? I think I, I feel like I've asked you this question on social media years ago, but you do any martial arts before jujitsu? Yeah, um, me and my wife, we both have black belts uh, in 10th Planet with Eddie. And then we have black belts in Hong uh, Sudo Muda Kwan, which is taekwondo ish it's taekwondo adjacent <laughs> what um why jujitsu like what what made you go off after that and specifically why 
Tenth Planet? Um, specifically why Tenth Planet is just the first time that when I was still a white belt, uh, I might, I might've been doing martial arts for like six months. The first time I met Eddie, maybe less than a year for sure. And I went to one of his seminars and I was like, Oh, I, I gotta have what this guy knows. I want to know everything this dude knows. So it was just like such an eye opening experience, dude. I never felt somebody put their hands on me and like completely be in charge, like to where I just felt helpless, like a little kid. I just remember him putting that big old hand on me, like the big old hairy hand. I was like, Jesus, dude, how does you, how do you even hold somebody? Like, you know, when you're new, how do you even hold somebody without gripping them like this? It doesn't even make sense. And he goes, sure. Like latches onto the back of my tricep. And I just remember trying to pull my tricep away going, all right, there's something weird going on here. I got to know. Yeah. <laughs> but why jujitsu? I just think it's the most fun one to do. You know, I, I've trained and, Dude, tons of different martial arts, at least dabbled in a feel like 15 different martial arts, you know, but jujitsu is just the most fun one to do. I still love striking. I still love MMA. I love wrestling. I'd love wrestling, but don't practice any of those things anymore. Jujitsu is the one that I still want to practice every day. And the wrestling is probably why you were so. Yeah. Before you got I was trying to learn to wrestle as an adult. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have a wrestling background, but I'm, I was. I understood the importance of it. Right. So I'm trying to learn to do that as an adult, which is just, you know, you can't. Yeah, you don't get hurt <laughs> as a kid. You, get, you need a teacher. You need a guide. And you need years of, I mean, wrestling's beautiful, man. But it's an art just like jujitsu is. Man, I got a guy that I would recommend to anybody if they really want to, like, learn to fall in love with wrestling. There's this dude named Jake Elkins. And uh, he runs Ironclad Wrestling down in Birmingham, Alabama. And he just has the most like jujitsu way of approaching wrestling that I've ever seen. He just like speaks to my soul. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So he really helped me fall in love with wrestling in a big way. That's awesome. That's awesome. So PGF season six, April 21st fantasy draft is when this April, the, tw the April, the 21st is when we do the draft. April 21st is the draft. Season yeah, the starts. first matches are on the 22nd. Okay. And it goes for a week long. Very, very exciting. Cool points structure. Um, it's going to be available to watch no until the final, right? Yep. So we're all super excited. We're going to try to do a companion for it, uh, pub it some more. We will um, spread everything PGF posts. We will reshare the best we can. Um, we are literally legitimately super excited for it. We think it's cool. We want jujitsu to grow. And, um, this is one of the most exciting things I've seen. Cause I used to be so hyped with metamorphs. Like I oh, wanted that, too. that Hoyler Eddie Bravo too. I was like, it was the biggest oh, thing ever. Who's the mystery <laughs> guy? Like, yeah, you know, I was about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh dude. Like, and I was like, then it kind of like, was like everybody's kind of almost getting it. They're almost like, oh, that's it. That's what we want. And then it goes away. I feel like this has a sustain sustainability. Yeah. There's the word I was That's at. how it was out EBI. I I the, the I saw EBI once on Fight Pass and then he did it at um in LA at a theater. I can't remember which theater it was. But I went to go watch it live and I saw Gordon Ryan win it. Um it was like when he was middleweight, maybe. Or, yeah, maybe. Is that the one where he beat Yuri Samoas? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I just, I, I took my dad with me, my stepdad, who 
was like a college wrestler and whatnot, doesn't has no jujitsu background at all. And even he was just like on the edge of his seat the whole time, just so stoked. And that's how I felt. I, I just, I liked the format of EBI. I liked the rule set. I like, and then I, at the time I was training with Drew. So I didn't understand points because I was so about EBI and just like submission only. I'm like, so when I eventually went to the game, like, I don't understand this point system shit at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, um, I was super hyped on EBI. And then, you know, when he, Eddie started to pursue the combat jujitsu thing, it seemed like EBI just kind of fell by the wayside. Um, and it wasn't as, as, I don't know, maybe I just didn't hear about it anymore, but it kind of bummed me out. No, I mean, he pretty much has quit doing it. Like, I think he's going to keep doing like one a year because the UFC wants him to keep pumping out one a year. Yeah. But he's all in on combat jujitsu. Just honestly, just from like a logistics perspective, combat jujitsu gets better wide market response because it draws people in and not just jujitsu heads. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Half and guard, so, half guard in combat jujitsu could be a dangerous thing. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I look now for my money, just as a, which format to watch the best, like which rule set to watch the best. I love combat jujitsu, especially sitting there beside the mat. I get to sit there and call I'm the commentator for every match. You know what I mean? And I love combat jujitsu. I think it's just let's touch closer to what jujitsu was intended to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And and there's no refs to screw you. There's no like points that you didn't get or that you kind of got some ghost points. Like there's none of that. In fact, if it even if it goes 10 minutes and we can't figure it out while we're allowed to smack each other and break each other's arms then we'll just start in a rear naked choke and see how it works out. And there's never going to be a ref that gets involved. I really love combat jujitsu. Yeah, but it's still, I, I do too. it's still a one night tournament. You know what I mean? It's still a one night tournament format. And that's what I'm concerned about. Um, like trying to get a, with the PGF is like something bigger than a one night tournament. Like how can we carry this storyline out? So right. for me, the PGF is the most fun way to build storyline and get people that don't know much about jujitsu invested in it. But as far as which jujitsu rule set is the most fun, I love combat jujitsu. You know, so we started, um, um, a, uh, like a verdict league for the, the podcast and whatnot. So whenever there's a USC fight, we're always, uh, you know, sharing like, you know, who's your picks for this card and da, 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 da. And I think having something like that, where you allow the, uh, the viewer to interact with it, um, oh, yeah. like, like having this fantasy thing that you're going to have it, it, that, that gives you more of a buy-in because now it's like, I've got a stake in the game. So I think that's neat. It's super fun. And we gave away a thousand dollars last year to the fan that won the fantasy. No shit. So we're playing the same thing again. So free to enter, win a thousand bucks for watching and doing jujitsu stuff. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for your time, brother. You're a legend in the game. Um, from a fellow Judd Bushler fan, uh, I let's just, go, let's go. <laughs> I just, I just want to say I appreciate the time, my man. Uh, we would love to have you on again. This was real, real fun. Anytime you need to promote something, PGF or anything else, just let us know. We'd be glad to have you on. Tenth um, Planet Marietta seminar on the when is it? What day? The twenty fourth. Get after it, guys. It's here local. I know a bunch of you guys are listening to this. Um, check it out. Um, I'll post the poster for that on my story and we'll post it on the BJJ Balance Instagram story too. Um, come uh, check out a legend, see what he's got to teach. 
Brandon McCatherine, my man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate <laughs> Thanks, you, man. God. All right, I really appreciate y'all taking the time to talk to me. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.